Welcome to the Hawkeye Psychic Podcast. And you're very welcome back to the Hawkeye Psychic Podcast with your host Mark Kennedy, joined again this week by Danny O'Brien and Simon Stokes as we run the rule over the Divisional Championship Games and look ahead to the Super Bowl. Guys, how are things? Good, now. Good, Mark. Great. I suppose, where do we start, guys? Do we start in Baltimore? Uh, I suppose, Danny, question to you. Uh, I mean, Kansas City Chiefs, did experience win out here? Kind of, yeah. I think, for, like, the, I mean, we, we even when we were previewing it, we were going, like, it's Mahomes is the, could be the key factor in determining who's going to win, but... Boy, did Baltimore have a bad game plan when it came from the offense. I've ended like the offensive coordinator should be fired. Um, like it, it seems just good. It seems from the game that they were going, we're going to promote, prove that Lamar can pass us to a uh, an AFC Championship game. And you're going, why? Why they changed their game plan up so much is a mystery. They went, they had one of the best running games in the league against one of the less, yeah, in terms of running defense, one of the sides who weren't very good at it, and they didn't use it. It was just it. It boggled the mind as to why they decided to take their approach they did, and yeah, but that's gonna sit. That loss is gonna sing Baltimore for a very long time because between all the the home advantage being the top seeds, that's not gonna come around very quickly. And even the news their defensive coordinator is now head coach in Seattle. Yeah, there that that that's gonna stink. Like I I compared to kind of Leinster La Rochelle that the loss in Dublin that stung Leinster for a long time. It's gonna sting Baltimore as well because they had it there for the taking and they tore up the script from what's worked for them all season. And yeah, everything like it was just a oh a mess from their side. But they're they're gonna be very miserable for a lot of the off season. Yeah, like Simon in the preview, you were pains to say how Baltimore Ravens are going to win this football game, and that was run the football down the throat of and the Kansas City Chiefs. They did the complete Chiefs. opposite. <laughs> they did it the exact opposite, and actually Kansas City kind of established their own game early here. Was it 80, 83 yards? I think Baltimore had on the ground. It was it was oh brutal. God. And like the previous the previous week, they had gone for over two hundred on the ground. Um. And they abandoned ship, like they literally abandoned ship after the first couple of drives. I actually thought, I thought, like I actually think they panicked. Um, it was almost as if look, Mahomes got this this early touchdown. I think the worst possible thing that that could happen, Baltimore happened in that. Let's say Lamar get got to hold on to the ball for a couple of seconds extra. He got this massive long tr- touchdown to Trey Flowers. And all of a sudden, they were saying to themselves for the rest of the game, "Do we really need to run? Is Lamar going to, to going to um, become this unbelievable pocket pass?" Uh, and like it was proven again and again and again. Like I actually think Lamar didn't have the worst possible game, but he just made brutal decisions at the wrong times, you know. Um, but yeah, I I, I think I think um, Baltimore will rule it. Like their their defense particularly outside of the first quarter, was absolutely outstanding. Like, you, you know, their defence was a game-winning defence. Just didn't get the job done in offence. And uh, unfortunately, they have a 50 million quarterback who probably shouldn't be getting that kind of money. And all of a sudden, now you have an awful lot of holes in their offence next year because I've said there's a good few players that were there for a paycheck this year that they're, they're not going to get it next year. Like, if you take Lamar Jackson out of the running game here, uh, 27 yards net for Baltimore Ravens, that's not winning a championship game anytime soon, is it? But, um, Danny, just looking at the Kansas City Chiefs, they get the job done. I think there's been parallels here to most recent dynasty, New England Patriots. Yep. 
Uh, again, legacies are being cemented here, particularly with Mahomes just literally guiding the ship. And uh, what can you say about uh, Mr. Kelsey as well? Tight end, you know, 11 receptions, 116 yards, one touchdown. The big players are coming to the party, Kansas City, right at the right time of the year. No, they really are like we didn't have to wait long until after the Patriots dynasty for the next one to come along. And the, the, the similarities between like the quarterback tight end combination there and the fact that you did, like Kelsey's after passing, he, like he, he's now the, the top in terms of just post or playoffs in terms of tight ends as well. Like he made one or two absolutely spectacular catches. And what I thought was really interesting as well is Kansas or the Chiefs, they showed their street smarts in terms of their general play, but also in how they pissed off the Ravens um, before the game, knocking over, knocking over Tucker's gear and stuff. And small little things, they really started, they seem to get under the Ravens' skin in a way no one has this season. The Ravens are used to just bossing teams. And some of the penalties, like as a result, some of the penalties the Ravens gave up. Like it was it in Bun Bolden or it was one of the, the the penalty they gave away for the 15 yard penalty in the fourth quarter. That made like even the way the, the contact he made made no sense. Like even Zay Flowers, the 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 taunting penalty as well. Like that proved to be crucial as well in terms of just like it was. You could see Kansas City were taunting, but my God, Flowers just seemed to go out of his way to get penalized for it as well. I mean, granted, the the moment of the game as well was on the like. There's the Sneed steal, the, the fumble, or the forced fumble, as for, like for Flowers as well. Like he's had an absolutely unbelievable rookie season. He had some serious lessons though in this game as well, because one or two things he did could probably inevitably they ended up causing costing them the game. And but like from the the Chiefs standpoint, like Mahomes one sack and even that sack you're looking at initially it looked like he was after twisting his knee or something, but that was just the way he got out of it. Like you're looking at it and going, Mahomes is. It's him and there's no one even close. I mean, at least with Brady, he had the Manning rivalry and Manning will get some wins over him. But like with Mahomes, there isn't anybody in his ballpark at the moment. Like you, they, were, you, they were kind of hoping the Ravens would win. So there'd be a, like a rivalry there. There isn't. There never. There won't be. A, a, there's kind of a rivalry with Allen. Not really much like Burrow maybe if he stays fit. But like across the league, like Mahomes is just he's streets ahead of everybody else. And. Like if I was CJ Stroud, I would have watched that game with a lot of interest because it showed him where you need to be in terms of like the the Texans were schooled by the Ravens on the defensive standpoint. But Stroud, he needs to see that. I'm like, if I want to get the Texans to that level, I need to be looking to the way Mahomes played the game because, yeah, from that side, he did just about enough. And you have to hand it to the, to the Chiefs as well now. That's four and six years. And now they've and they've gotten there this time in a completely different approach to the way they have before. It hasn't been completely offensive power. I expect although he, he deserves a pay raise just for the way that his defense, what they were able to do to a Ravens team that had been schooling everybody before that. Yeah, so I'm get you in there. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, just the composure. I mean, I saw a video clip of him in the huddle. Composure, composure, composure. And I know that Ravens, Blitz package was literally raining on, on him, but uh, just the calmness to kind of execute Simon at such a level, particularly uh, down the stretch. I yeah, mean, I, do you know, Mark, I, I've since the few episodes we've been doing, I've been ruling out Kansas all year, and like half the half the reason I've been ruling out Kansas, I, my homes is my fantasy quarterback, and do you know, he, he didn't have a great year in the fantasy world this year, and um, no, I looked, looked, they were efficient, they got there. They got their uh, their 17 points in the first half. Didn't score in the second half, um, but just about kept it going. Their defense kept them in the game. 
look for the mark hitting in the game as well, making often mistakes in the second half. Um, like you know, I was looking it up in the in the second half, Kansas their 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 full yardage they got in the whole of the second half offensively was seventy three yards. So they had series of plays like they had a drive of seven yards, they had a drive of four yards, they had a drive of seven yards. So they averaged about three yards a play without that last, you know, that last big pass. That was they half had, their yardage nearly the whole. Like, like they were ba- basically they were uh, they were they were kept to, to barely anything in the second half. Um, but they had their business done in the first half, and 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 Lamar and that unbelievable play on the. On the goal line to, mm. to stop the Trey Flowers touchdown, like they, they, they basically did the job that way. Now, like as I said, I, I've been going against Kansas all the way along for the last. I even give Miami a, a chance the first day, but like, look, they're after beating the number two seed on the road. They're after beating the number one seed in the AFC on the road. Um, look, I, I know the the when Vegas opened up the prices on, on Monday morning, they started out with San Francisco. I think having a two points in the two point favorites. I I think that's even after closing in a small bit. Do you know, at this stage, I don't know would I be a fool to back against Kansas again. But um, I just, I, I still think there's question marks there. But obviously, look, it, it's it's an amazing dynasty what they're doing there. I, I think the way they're playing, it's like they're playing for a cause. I, I read Mahomes during the week saying that the Hunt woman, who's the current owner's mother, her, she was married to Lamar Hunt, who basically founded AFC. She passed away last year, and that her name is on the jersey, and they're playing for her all year. But I actually think there's a bit more to it. I think Andy, like there was an awful lot of you know online sources before Nick Saban called the quits with Alabama, suggesting that the retirement was on the way. I think those sources are kind of talking up Andy Reid, because seriously considering it now as well, and it wouldn't surprise me if they're if they have that knowledge and they have that's driving them on as well. And obviously, I I think with Jason Kelsey calling the quits. There a couple of weeks ago, I wouldn't rule out that Travis Kelsey might be thinking along the same lines as well. He's he's played, he's had an unbelievable, he's like he's a Hall of Famer before he even calls it quits. But I think he could be going that way as well. And I think I think the whole team is is kind of getting behind that. Um, but yeah, like as I said, it'd be hard to back against them now in the in the Super Bowl. Unbelievable effort on both sides of the ball just to get it done. Um, and you'd be hopeful that you know in a, against the 49ers that their offense can be a little bit more expensive uh, and uh, they won't have the same pressure probably in the 49ers secondary that they would have against against Baltimore. Yeah indeed uh, Simon thanks for that and I mean we talked about run game as well Pacheco has been quite a, a an addition here well he's had a prominent season let's face it when maybe the wide receiving core maybe had struggles but Coming in with 24 carries, 68 yards. I mean, that that's absorbing an awful lot of game clock here as well. And I think that was absolutely key. It felt very Andy Reid, Philadelphia Eagles a little bit <laughs> in certain respects where he, he looked to kind of run the football, control the game clock. And uh, it kind of certainly worked. And Pacheco has been absolutely a standout here. He's complimented Mahomes and the rest of the receiving core quite well here, Danny. Mm, yeah, no, the, and like the one thing the Chiefs did really smart as well, their management of the clock, it seems to be when they would get the ball, they would take serious chunks of just time out of it. Whether it's the Ravens, they seem to be three and out a lot, or it seemed to the, the clock seemed to be going by. Uh, yeah, they just they, they weren't eating up as much time with it. And like, I mean, you have to say it for the Chiefs, like the, the run game, that's 
that's yeah that that's kind of come out of nowhere too the the issues in room Roy's receiver although it's funny you you maybe some of you may have um you might have watched the video of to of uh, Kadarius Tony saying I wasn't really injured you go well you've no chance of playing now anyway um which but like yeah the, the like the wide receiving court they finally seem to be kind of catching balls as well like I mean it has all the hallmarks kind of of the Patriots at their peak where during the season they would just they would get the wins and then when it came to the business end they just they just knew what to do um they just kind of overall the Chiefs and that's that's where they may stand out as well as a as a dynasty from the point of view of they do win the kind of the way that they have won in different ways and the way they've kind of like it's almost like they did the Patriots did but they've done it in fast forward in terms of They've been balls. They've been throwing the ball all over, but now they're kind of doing it more as a run defense focus. But they've been able to do it in around six years. And just, I mean, if this is kind of the end of the run for that kind of era of that Chiefs team, I mean, it's some run as well from that point of view. And I mean, granted, the rest of the AFC will be looking at it going, can you just please win this and get out of the way so someone else has a chance? Then I think you're on the ball. Then they're after finding catchers out of somewhere. Like Rice is really after improving there in the last, to the last month or so. Like uh, I, he, he probably watched the the Chiefs and the Raiders on on Christmas Day, and it's hard oh to believe. It's hard oh to believe that this is the same Chiefs team. Yeah. You know, nothing was going right, and like that's that's only a little over a month ago. Um, like it, it's 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 really hard to believe that it's all after coming together. That was their first loss in a long time against the divisional rival in in, in Arrowhead. It, it, you know, really, it has come together for them. It's come together quickly. They're a playoff team, so look, it's 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 lining up for. Um, for a, a great Super Bowl now, and look, obviously, you know, Kansas have the experience of being in Super Bowls annually almost for the last couple of years. I know San Francisco were there a couple of years ago, but like, you know, you'd wonder, you know, your your um your senior kind of your captains within that team, you know, in, in Kansas, these are you know well blooded players that are uh, are well blooded players that you know, are going to be used to what's going to happen in Vegas next week with the interviews and, and the parting that goes on the week before it. Uh, you'd wonder if the San Francisco boys will be as, as well prepared for that, you know? You know, Vegas is the city of many distractions, isn't it, as well? You know, you add that into the mix. And, mm. uh, yeah, it's just the whole media circus, even that started this week, you know, uh, definitely with the media interviews, sound bites, stuff like that. I think it's a great point, Simon. But I suppose, look, Baltimore... I think you captured nicely, Danny. I think it's going to be an off-season of regrets, regrets and more regrets, just in terms of how the game plan unfolded. And, you know, from a Lamar Jackson perspective, is this probably being the most genuine shot that he may have had of winning a Super Bowl, given, as he said, Simon, all the players that could be free agents and leaving the ball club. So it could be an interesting watch. I suppose we can go to San Francisco 49ers and Detroit Lions and, uh, where do you start here, guys? I mean, game of two halves, certainly. Uh, but uh, all credit to the San Francisco 49ers. You know, I think there was a clip as well from ESPN where I think one of the defensive linebackers for San Francisco said suffocate the Detroit Lions in the second half. I suppose certainly proved the case here, Simon. 34-31, but doesn't really tell half the story, does it? It doesn't tell half the story, no. Um, I was reading an article on one of the Detroit you know, fan websites there, I suppose it was Saturday, and um, the, the the headline on it was why, actually down here somewhere, why uh, coaching gives Detroit a better edge. And basically, oh. they, were going through, <laughs> they were going through, um, they were going through the end, you know, from an analytical side of view, you know, they, there was some kind of data 
sports database and basically what they took into account was they took into account going first and fourth down um you know the likes of you know onside kicks the likes of fake punch you know all this kind of crack and basically what they worked out and then like i do not even know how where they got this kind of number but that's um detroit had a 62 and a half percent win probability over expected whatever the expected thing would be whatever they'd go for but you know i think this game will go down to dan campbell getting lost in those analytics you know like whoever was wiring in you know that the maths of this of these things and telling him to go for it and fourth down like fair enough it worked from a few times during the during the year but look there's there can be an element of pig-headedness to here as well, you know, in, the, in that game against Dallas that they kept going for the two-point try and it didn't work out for them. But he kept going for it, you know, and I just thought that his game management was very, very poor and really important times. And it didn't help that the two times that he went for his his uh, fourth down attempt the last day, on both occasions he failed and on both occasions San Francisco went down the field and got a touchdown, you know. Um, I thought... You know, you have to manage you have to manage the situation. Fair enough to be ballsy and going for these things. But geez, I talked Dan Campbell. Uh, I geez, I was I was disappointed. Uh you know, I watched the first half and I watched his highlights of the second half of it on Monday morning and I was just so disappointed. Like when I was going to bed on Sunday night, Detroit were in a winning position. I actually thought out of all of the four downs they went for, I thought the two in the second half they shouldn't have gone for, but the one that they didn't do at the end of the first half. Do you know, like that was the one to go for, you know. Um, but look, what's called some fortune for Detroit. Um, I suppose they have pieces there going forward that there can there there can be hope. But like you're 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 playing in a division that like it looks like Minnesota are going to keep on to cousins. And Minnesota don't have a bad setup. Like cousins stayed up this year, they probably would have been a playoff team. You're you're looking at uh, Chicago, who have half the picks in the draft again next year, and God only knows what they're going to turn out like. And obviously you have Green Bay that are on the back of this Jordan Love, um, you know, uh, breakout year and all these wideouts and, and patch or catch, catch passers up the field. So there's no guarantee it's going to work out uh, Detroit's way again. But it looked very, very disappointing for Detroit. A lot of credit given to San Francisco. Um, and look, as I, as, as I said, you know, look, they're, they're worthy of their place in the, in the Super Bowl and we'll see how it goes. Yeah, Danny, get yourself in here. 49ers, I suppose, was a Jekyll and Hyde performance, but that second half performance certainly, you know, they need to replicate that for a full 60 minutes against Kansas City Chiefs. But I thought Purdy, particularly, given a very sticky opening half, did come him good at the end. Yeah, no, the yeah, the he really grew into the game, and even like the the, the amount that he had on the floor on the ground running, he had more than Jackson. Yeah, I think he did. But like yeah. he, that's kind of it. That he, like he really did grow into this game. But like this is if they're gonna put in a definition of a momentum game, this will be it. And like the lines, they're gonna be like they're they're not gonna be far off of Baltimore in terms of how sick they're gonna be from it because that first half, like you mentioned, as like at halftime, like they were running all over the 49ers they were making up huge yardage just just by running the ball and they seemed to change things a little bit in the second half as well and kind of go away from that game why um like yeah there's going to be a lot of regret there i think from the lines like i mean the 49ers they did stay in it but also at the same time like they're the kind of the score the moment that really got them back into the game was nearly alongside the immaculate reception in terms of just how fluky it was 
And like it was that moment in particular, things really did change from there. And yeah, Campbell's, his, his, his the fourth downs that he decided to go on, they were absolutely perplexing, especially in the fourth quarter. Going for fourth down when they were only like they were only about three points behind. You go kick it for the love of and like it ended up that that was the that was probably the cru- the second most crucial moment of the game too. So yeah, the Niners kept in it, but like this is the second game in a row where they've been very lucky. And even just kind of what even what, what Simon highlighted there, yeah, with the lines for next season. Definitely at the division, like your cousins is going into talks. There's nothing like somebody was mentioning cousins to the Steelers, and you're going, yeah, right. Um, like you really wouldn't know it them. I think yeah, the Packers look to be retooled. Like they will, like the, the lines are going to struggle a lot more in the division. With regards to the Bears, you go to look at the Bears for the last couple of years, and I don't think it matters what they do with the draft picks. They're always going to just tank or struggle because. Let's face it, they're not a quarterback city. They're not a quarterback team. Like, if they were to really, like, they'd need to run defense, do what they did in the 80s. But, yeah, I think the lines are good. Like, even it said, Campbell said after, like, we may not get back. And, like, yeah, you probably won't. And, like, that was, it's it's just going to scream. It was such an opportunity for them to, like, get there. And you look at, say, Jacksonville a couple of years ago, and it looked like, oh, they'll be back. And look what happened to them. Like, I don't see it happening to the Lions, but... There, yeah, it was a collapse in the second half for them. Like if they had played that second half smart instead of taking all the risks, we'd have a much better storyline in terms of the Lions Chiefs because it's kind of the Lions 49ers, the matchup nobody wanted. Yeah. No, it looked Dan Campbell looked a broken man in that press conference afterwards. I think he realized himself that there was some kind of dodgy kind of fourth down calls, as you said here, guys. But I mean the momentum change, you said the Ayuk. Um, reception but then the fumble immediately afterwards here to give McCaffrey the ability then to drive I thought the 49ers to be fair to them I mean they've ridden their luck but they have provided the key kind of uh, key scores down the stretch I mean McCaffrey as well as had a superb season and he was the first one to really pick out um, Purdy here in terms of his cameo performance here Simon uh, I mean the ball club and I mean, the 49ers fans, they'll have him in folklore for this 34-31 win. I mean, there's something about this Purdy, you know, just in terms of his composure. You know, nothing seems to phase him, given what's happened in the last two playoff games, particularly early doors. No, I'd agree with you. And, like, there's an awful lot of outside noise, particularly after the game against Green Bay. There was a lot of outside noise, you know, um, giving him a lot of criticism with how, how he played. Um to, to be honest, I, I thought San Francisco looked a bit shell-shocked in the first quarter, the way that, that Detroit came out and got their early scores. Um, but, like, I, I think I think it says a lot about Purdy that the very minute that the game was over, he was straight over to Kyle Shannon and they embraced. And I think there's a very, very strong relationship there. I, I think any quarterback in a Kyle Shannon scheme is going to succeed. Um, do you know, I think it's a very, very quarterback-friendly scheme. Um, and I think Look, Purdy, look, he, look he, he was a Mr. Irrelevant. He was the last to not pick in the draft and so on. Because of a couple of injuries, he got lucky and he got in. And all of a sudden, it's worked out for him. He, he's done a fantastic job there. But, you know, I, 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 I'm still... Like, he could be he could be the Super Bowl MVP in a couple of weeks. But he has some deadly pieces around him. Like, last week, we were speaking about Debo Samuel. And there was a question mark over whether or not he'd play it. He comes along, he led the receiving the last he played key, you know, key amount. We we've mentioned Ayuk there a couple of weeks back and how you know I think they, they, they speak of him as being the best uh, the best roadrunner with, with San Francisco and he came up big for them uh, last week. 
But they have it all over the field. They have kettle, they have McCaffrey. They can get called, um, the uh, juice to catch the ball every now and again as well. You know, they have it all over the field. Um, I looked at their, their fantastic team. Um, it'd be interesting to see how it worked out in, in the Super Bowl. Um, but like, you know, I'd like to think that the Super Bowl will open up into a situation that both quarterbacks will have to make plays rather than just the defense that we saw in the AFC Championship game on both sides. Yeah, indeed. The one standout for me was the run game of both teams. I mean, Detroit, you know, really did kind of run the ball, you know, immensely well. Like, I mean, 155 yards for the 49ers, 182 yards uh, for Detroit Lions, Danny. And I mean, look, from a 49ers perspective, I think they'll be able to pick holes in this Baltimore Ravens performance. I don't think we're going to see the same mistake twice, are we? From the 49ers? No. <laughs> no, if I if I have like if you're Shannon looking at that rave if he was reviewing the Ravens game, he'd be like, run the ball in big large capitals because yeah, like and they have that time like McCaffrey's been he's completely justified the trade. He's been like again, he's he's in MVP conversation for it. Like they're they're not gonna be that dumb that they're not gonna do that. And even like the fact that the Super Bowl that it is in a dome that they like will be under under a roof as well, I think. Um there is no roof or is there's no dome there. But um so again that that is gonna be like indoors as well. So like I mean the but like Purdy's going to have to do some throws as well because, like, he's going up against Mahomes. But, yeah, I mean, the Niners, they're not going to, like, they're not going to be like, oh, we're going to show you we can do this differently. They're not going to be that stupid because, again, like I said, it's like the Ravens really were their own worst enemy as well. And, like, they, they, they should be in the Super Bowl in all sense of purposes. But, yeah, kind of, yeah, the, the, the Niners aren't going to make that same mistake. And they are really going to truck it up as well because, like I said, the Kansas City Chiefs, their run defense, it's not the best. Um, and like even just the variety they have, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be a huge challenge, I think, for the Chiefs defense because the problem the Ravens even had, like they became very predictable when they were just, when the Chiefs knew they're not running it, so we know what they're going to do. And yeah, the Niners are not going to make that mistake. I mean, they're just, they're stacked everywhere. This team, like we like I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, the trades they made, bringing in those defensive, those edge rushers, they're, they're, they're built for the here and now. Like this is, this is Super Bowl or bust for them. Like they really need to get to kind of get that trophy and kind of for them by 49ers standards. It's been, they have made it to the big dance, but it's been pretty barren for them as well in terms of making that final jump or making that final hurdle. Cause They've either just had bad luck or they've had injuries, but yeah, I mean, I mean, they're not, they're not going to be as dumb as the the Ravens from that point of view. They are going to run the ball because they know that that there is significant advantage there. And again, the like they won't have to worry about weather conditions, so it's going to be perfect for that side of things too. Yeah, like Simon got you in here. I mean, 49ers getting back into the Super Bowl, but I do feel that there is pressure there. I mean, you've mentioned it repeatedly on this podcast series about San Francisco. This is the be-all, end-all. Like, I mean, they've put all their chips on the table here. So, oh, like, it actually came into my head during the week that they're like the Rams there from a couple of years ago, kind of a two version of it. You know, the Rams went out and they got their pieces and offense and defense, and they went all in. They used up draft picks. They went out and um, picked up players in free agency. San Fran were after doing the same thing. They went away and had this big blast and brought in uh, Chase Young during the year. Okay, to add to that defensive line. I think uh, I think San Francisco are all in in this scenario and um, look a bit like a bit unlike the the Lions a few years ago. You know they they still had Stafford on a long contract and they could kind of build things up around him again. I, I think San Francisco this whole thing could collapse very very quickly. So I think it is on all in and it is win this year or or, or 
be faced with another decade of doom. Yeah, absolutely. Um, guys, from an MVP perspective, I mean, we're probably looking into the Super Bowl preview. I mean, the likely candidates of the MVP, I think you've mentioned in terms of Mahomes, Purdy, McCaffrey, Kelsey. Is there any dark horse here that you see may have a standout game here that we're kind of saying, oh, you know, that was unexpected at all, Danny, from your perspective. Anyone kind of coming to mind here? Um, Not really outside of those. Um, And just like even in terms of, like it's it's kind of the, the you could say this year there hasn't been one single standout candidate like it's very much that yeah the, even like th- throughout the year there's it hasn't been the years of like where Rodgers was miles ahead of everybody else like it's like if anything like the quarterbacks this year they have no they haven't been as strong as they have been in previous years but like I mean McCaffrey you know, like it shows you just in terms of how good he is as a running back that he has been in the conversation for that when the, like, when's the last time a running back was in serious conversation for the MVP too so like even if you're looking at it in terms of the Super Bowl like yeah, I can't see it being outside of any of those kind of key players and yeah no like I, I really can't see it it's just those are the, it's it's unfortunately a bit too predictable if I'm being honest from that point of view just it's it's a little bit annoying from that perspective especially in a league where parity is more yeah it's it's never been as equal from that point of view but to have these two teams and yeah no like I really can't see anybody outside of those that you mentioned kind of say t- step into the front for it because again they're always the glamour positions I, I think Danny's on Simon I think Danny's any words of wisdom yeah. there yeah, I think Danny's on the ball. Um, look, I suppose the regular season MVP, I suppose Lamar is going to get it. I think all the voting is done before the playoffs even start. So it I makes think Lamar no sense. It. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. No, even if they left it till the Super Bowl, to, to you know. But um, yeah, so I think Lamar is going to get that. Do you think back in the McCaffrey had a fantastic year? And if you were to give a kind of a, a playoffs MVP at this stage, I think McCaffrey would be there thereabouts. Uh, when it comes to the Super Bowl, I'm afraid. Like unless you have an unbelievable performance from say a defensive player a la deer that Tampa Bay won it, um, or something like um Cooper Cups year the year that LA won it, it's generally a quarterback's uh award, you know. So I suppose you're kinda of looking at either Mahomes or um or um uh Purdy. Like even a few years ago, Mahomes got the Super Bowl MVP and you remember there was a running back with Kansas at the time, Damon Williams. And like he should have gotten the Super Bowl MVP. He he ran for a touchdown. He caught a touchdown. He had average was it six or seven or eight yards per carry. He was he was the Super Bowl MVP. Mahomes average. He was absolutely robbed. So like they they just it's a gen, it's a general um, it's a general you know the quarterbacks of all really you know. Yeah, indeed, guys. Before we go, there's been an awful lot of hiring since we last spoke. Because I mean, we can maybe put the segment as boomer bust. Maybe I call out a name here, and who do you think? Is it a boomer or a bust? I suppose Washington Commanders... Bust. Have... <laughs> <laughs> Dan replacing Ron Rivera. I mean, yeah, what are we thinking here, Danny? Like, a lot of the feet, or the, even, like, since it's been announced, a lot of people are talking about, how the hell is Mike Rabel? Like, it's looking now like that Pete Carroll, Bill, Bill Belichick, and Mike Rabel will not be in head coaching positions come the new season. I don't know how, in the name of God, Quinn got the position. You look at... Like okay, over this course of the season, the Cowboys did seem to have a pretty solid. But like when it really came down to it, their defense like it was non-existent against the Packers. They could just they they were it was free. They were at their will in terms of what they were able to do in terms of the offensive side of things. There, I really have absolutely like 
And I think wasn't it the Lions? Was it the offensive coordinator for the Lions? I think apparently he there was a chance he could have gone for the Washington position. He went no way. Um, yeah, I think it's a poison chalice from that point of view. I mean, they do have a lot, a ton. They have the most space in salary cap in terms of what they can spend. But like the Bears had that last year, and they sp- they got a couple of decent players in. But yeah, I think Washington they're still purging. The kind of the Schneider era, and they're still kind of getting it through there. Like they've they've scorched earth, and it's going to take them a while to get back to where they are now. They're not as bad as the Panthers, but I have no idea how the hell he got them in the position. Simon, this is a ballsy move off the new general manager for Adam Peters as well. I mean, look at his record at Atlanta Falcons, particularly. I mean, zero and five starts in twenty twenty season. I mean, granted he's had a rebuild in terms of assistant coach duties, but Simon, this is a massive job. Sorry, then, or Mark, I missed you there. Who did you mention? Uh, mentioning uh, Mr. Dan Quinn, uh, just in terms of uh, oh, Dan massive job. Uh, Dan Quinn, Dan Quinn, Dan Quinn is it's 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 a brutal call. Like they've unless they're got like if you ask me, there the the quarterback there isn't too bad, and I thought they'd get some you know offensive guru, and you know they have good wide receivers room in Washington, and I that's what I was hopeful that they might do, and. Um, Dan Quinn to me is 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 a lost docket. Uh, I think Danny's on the ball. I think they they looked for Ben Johnson from uh, from Detroit. Apparently, Ben Johnson wanted fifteen million a year and they wouldn't give it to him. Um, or they they were shocked with the the cash that they wanted. Um, so Dan Quinn gets the gig there. Look, once they don't have to play Green Bay a couple of times a year, so you know you never know. It might it, they might be lucky, but. I um I, I just thought it was just a brutally bad call and like for a franchise that has seen a lot of change over the last couple of years I was hopeful of some kind of a fresh move uh, going into the future but I'd say it's, yeah I I wouldn't be uh I wouldn't be counting in turnings over to or turnings around too quickly yeah uh Danny Mike McDonald's going to Seattle Seahawks I mean Seahawks have changed from the eldest head coach now to the youngest I suppose Boomer Bust. Like it's interesting. I'm not too sure in terms of boom or bust because, like, he's the, the like the challenge he, he does have is like he's going in to replace by Seahawks standards the irreplaceable. But you see what he like generally what he did at the Ravens and that was pretty solid as well. And like even I saw a lot of the Baltimore fans they were using the wire um, gif the one where he's going shit because they did not want to see him go. Like I could, you could. I mean, uh, could they bring up kind of like a bit of a like a legion of, blue, of boom again, or kind of go down that road? I mean, the fans would love it from that perspective. But the challenge he has, he's going in replacing, similar to with the Patriots, he's going in replacing the irreplaceable in terms of the success that Carroll had with yeah. the Seahawks. So this one, I'm not too sure of boom or bust yet. I can get somewhere in the middle because like his track record, it's pretty solid. But like you said, it's also is like he's he's getting the big job now. So how he kind of takes to that we're not we'll have to wait and see yeah simon like mike mcdonald he's gonna need to support the general manager here this is probably a multi-year uh project here i suppose your thoughts yeah i i, I then used a good word there i think it was a solid call you know it's nothing too flashy don't think that i found to be curious about that call is over the last few years when people were i suppose criticizing uh pete carroll one of the criticisms often was that he was a defensively minded head coach. And, you know, if you have a defensively minded head coach and if you want to change that system, I don't know what's the, the logic in bringing in, 
you know, obviously a, a defensive coordinator, a very good defensive coordinator mm. at that. So I, I do know they're going to be kind of more of the same with, with Seattle. Um, but look, Seattle, I think there's, there's question marks over their, their quarterback position. I know they paid Gino last year, but they didn't pay him for that long of a contract. So like, it, there's going to be question marks over the quarterback position very, very soon there. Again, I don't know. Like, I know there's only so many of these college uh, offensive guys that you can bring along, but I, I wonder if they, if they could have kind of maybe viewed their, their, their franchise going into the future a little bit differently and brought in someone offensive rather than, rather than an exceptionally good DC, but at the same time still a defensive coordinator. Yeah, good point, Simon. Raheem Morris, I mean, the Atlanta Falcons really have been the the lure of kind of the offseason, particularly for the teams that have been eliminated. There was a bit of flirting going on with Bill Belichick multiple times, didn't transpire. Raheem Morris, uh, Simon, taking over as head coach here. Now, obviously he has history with the team, but I mean, this is a franchise that definitely needs a bit of a kick up the rear end here. Yeah, interesting guy. I, I As far as I know, he's kind of, he almost came in, you know, in through the back doors, wherever he got his start. I don't think he start with the Jets or so he got stuck with one of those franchises anyway. And basically kind of almost came in, almost been a, over a, an equipment manager and has worked his way up. I think, I think being honest with you, I think Belichick was offered that job. And he wasn't, he wasn't either paid what he, do you know what he expected? Or I think Belichick wanted full autonomy over whatever gig he was going to go into. And if he wasn't going to get that, if there was going to be too many voices from the outside, I don't think he was going to be happy. And look, if you ask me, Morris is kind of a, it's a reasonable, you know, fallback. As you said, he does have history with the, with the team. They know what they're, they're leaving into, you know, into their, uh, into their building. Um, again, though, I, I can't see how that's going to improve the franchise, you know, that much going forward. Yeah, indeed. And Danny, last but not least, Jim Harbaugh being lured away from Michigan to the LA Chargers. What no, what's your reaction to that? Well, I mean it has all the potential for boom. If we're looking at like you you look at his his track record with the like with the 49ers, he had them at the level they're at. He went to Michigan, he got them under dubious circumstances to the level that they got like of, of being national champions. Like it's all set up like kind of for the Chargers. I mean if if he can I think the best way to describe this appointment is if he can't do it with them no one can, and the Chargers curse really is an actual. It's, it's bad as males. Um, like it's it's like it is all set up. Kind of, you look at the players they have in terms of quarterback, but also the players around it. Like they are built for the here and now, and like also given the market that they're in, they did kind of need that kind of celebrity hire as well, just to well be relevant in the market in LA also because it's Makes yeah it's, it's yeah like the the appointment it like it does make sense from that point of view too so I mean it, it does make the, it does make the AFC West at least some way bloody interesting as well because similar to the Patriots with their division where it was basically the other three shooting themselves in the foot for two decades at least with the AFC West now like if he does get the Chargers into some sort of order they will do something at least because I mean a friend he put up a photo of the Broncos and they had they had uh, Russell Wilson Denver Broncos quarterback jumper um, jerseys 90% off so I think that's a pretty good sign where that's going but if it makes for a more interesting AFC West then great and yeah I think the Chargers they needed 
they needed something to kind of spark life for the team for the pure and simple reason the market that they're in they're kind of seen as the they're seen as the yeah just the, the 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 poor relation in terms of what they've done since they have moved there and all they're known for now is just spectacular failures yeah it's been an uneasy relationship with la and the Chargers. you know since moving to san diego i mean it's been lukewarm to say the least i mean the rams have been the kind of the the, the storied franchise there so yeah, Jim Harbaugh is definitely going to have some media buddies on his side there anyway. Um, so all to be revealed. Guys, before we go, quick prediction, Super Bowl in uh, Las Vegas. Who wins, Danny? I mean, you see what the Chiefs have done. You really can't look past them. I mean, the the 49ers would need to play a full game. They need to play a full 60. But the Chiefs, the experience they have. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's the same as kind of Brady in the Super Bowl. I can't really look past Mahomes. Yeah, Simon, are you going against Kansas for the third week in a row? Or? Yeah, I will. I will for the crack. Grant. No, look, I, I'll put this way. Look, I think I think San Francisco should have lost in screen, but I think San Francisco, I think San Francisco, they like only from Detroit shooting themselves in the foot. I think they should have probably lost against Detroit. But I'm I'm going to go for them in the Super Bowl. I as I said, I've been going against Kansas all year. And I think I think the fairy tale ends now, and I think San Francisco are going to win this in the in in Vegas. I would just sneaky feeling San Francisco 49ers will pull a better performance out of the bag in the Super Bowl. Whether that's good enough or not for 60 minutes remains to be seen. Um, yeah, look, country reigning champions, you have to kind of go with them. But I don't know, San Francisco had something about them this year, you know. Not I'm a lot just, of... Yeah, but I'm just thinking this week it would have been so much more fun if it was the Lions Chiefs Super Bowl just to be so yeah. much more to talk about rather than like you said it's too soon since they've they, they they've played each other and it's bleh <laughs> outside of the fan bases there's not too much interest yet. Yeah, I, I think plenty of people in National Football League actually know now the Tokyo Las Vegas flight as well, particularly oh. a certain artist as well as having a concert the night before. Before the Super Bowl, so watch the space. Uh, hopefully, there's no typhoon in Tokyo. God, that'd be a disaster for t- Taylor. Uh, but yeah, we'll leave it there, guys. Uh, many thanks uh, for your time, uh, Simon and Danny. I suppose we'll kind of review the Super Bowl um, next week. See what the winners, the losers, you know, the marquee kind of moments of the game. And uh, we'll take from there. Guys, have a great weekend and we'll chat next week. Oh, my See you. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode. If you liked what you heard in this podcast, why not subscribe to the Hawkeye Psychic podcast on either Amazon, Spotify, YouTube or Twitter platforms. You can also follow me at Hawkeye Psychic on Facebook and Twitter for the latest sporting opinions, articles and reports.